On this episode of the GESC podcast, we get a chance to sit down with the actors who will be playing the Keller family. Before we get to that interview, though, let's get lost together down the rabbit hole of primary documents as we learn a lot about this group of people. It'll be interesting, and it'll include an article about how to spread manure. Actors to your places, podcast listeners to your earbuds, join us as we make our great escape. The characters we're going to focus on today are Arthur Keller, the father of Helen Keller, his second wife, Kate Adams Keller, that's Helen's mother, and her half-brother, James, who was the product of Arthur's first marriage. Now, Arthur first. Arthur was born in February of 1836, and in November of 1861, he enlisted as a private in the Confederate Army. Now, after the war was over, Captain Keller returned home and he began practicing law. Now, in December of 1874, he purchased the North Alabamian. I believe that's how you pronounce it, because I've never heard that term before. The North Alabamian, and was editor of it for 10 years. Now, this is where I got a little lost down the rabbit hole, and I suggest you join me if you get the chance. Google has archived many issues of all kinds of -of out-of-print publications, including the North Alabamian. I'm doubling down on that pronunciation. Now, Google has archived issues of this from April and September of 1870. There are nine issues between March to September of 1871, four issues between January and March of 1872, so sadly, none from Captain Keller's time as an editor. The motto of this newspaper was as follows, Truth crushed to earth shall rise again. Now, this is a line from William Cullen Bryant's poem, Battlefield, which he penned in 1839. The line in context of the entire stanza goes as follows. Truth crushed to earth shall rise again. The eternal years of God are hers. But error, wounded, writhes in pain and dies among his worshippers. If that line sounds familiar to you, and you are not a late 19th century southern gentleman, that's because Martin Luther King Jr. often used this exact same line in his speeches and sermons. Two notable examples of which you can find audio of on the internet are the sermons given at Temple Israel of Hollywood in 1965 and a speech given at Gross Point High School in March of 1968. Now, looking through these archived issues on Google's database, a few headlines jumped out at me. For instance, how to apply manure, the largest gun in the world, and for clarity's sake, those are two separate articles. It had a regular poetry column on its front page, and one article jumped out at me in particular, In the August 10th, 1871 publication, the headline, Bear It Like a Man, grabbed my attention. In the off chance that you have the opportunity to read it in full, please do. But in the meantime, let me read a little selection for you. Bear it like a man. There used to be some meaning in this advice. I propose in this year of our Lord, 1871, that it be amended after this fashion. Bear it like a woman. The papers are full of accounts of men who, having failed in business or been crossed in love or having had their shirt bosoms ironed the wrong way or failing to see the same number of plums in the conjugal pudding that their mothers used to put in, have fled from wives and children into the far unknown where shirts and puddings are not. As the miracle worker focuses on the strength of very notable women of history, I felt that was just appropriate to share. Now back to the Kellers. 
Captain Keller was married in November of 1867 to Sarah E. Rosser. Now, she died in March of 1877, leaving him two sons, including James, which is a character we'll explore soon. Now, in July of 1878, Captain Keller married Kate Adams, who was 20 years younger than him, should be noted, and would go on to bear Helen as well as her sister, Mildred. Now, Kate is a really fascinating character as well. According to Dorothy Herman, who wrote the biography, Helen Keller, A Life, she described Kate thusly. A tall, statuesque blonde with periwinkle blue eyes and a porcelain complexion. Kate was 20 years younger than her husband, Captain Arthur Henley Keller, with whom she had little in common. A friend once bluntly described Captain Keller as a gentleman farmer who loved to direct rather than work, and a man of limited ideas and ability. Marriage at age 22 to the 42-year-old captain ended Kate's luxurious existence. No longer did she live the carefree life of a pampered southern lady. Instead, this once indulged beauty was plunged into a rugged and primitive existence that was not unlike a pioneer woman's. Quite the setup for a family drama, I'd say. So, let's turn things over to our actors and their interview. We're going to hear from Max Hardy, who plays Captain Keller, Alex Curnow, who plays Kate Keller, and Asher Wertheimer, who plays James Keller. Now, uh, as actors, since the three of you are playing uh, a family, and you have interesting circumstances, of course, uh, are there any tricks or things that you have done to kind of create a realistic and believable family unit together? My character, James, is kind of separated from his parents. He's not really attached to them, which is difficult because I'm very attached to my parents. And I've known Alex basically my whole life. We've so played family we've before. We've played family before, so <laughs> it's kind of easy to, to get the family thing. Um, I basically just have to act dif- distant uh, otherwise, so I kind of just can't really be the normal, happy family dynamic um, from my point of view. That's how I do it. I just have to be different and separated from them and not uh, not a good son, basically, which isn't entirely my fault, if you ask me, but... <laughs> For the listeners, uh, we just got a sideways glance to Max. <laughs> I'm not sure I entirely agree with that, in, in the, that uh, Jimmy is a normal teenager. So there's I, there's I, a rebelliousness there. You make a good point. And I, I think there's a, a, an awful lot of love in the family. Mm-hmm. And the, there's not the, the typical sitcom stupid father mm-hmm. um, right. and the rebellious son. It's just normal teenage stuff. I, I think the captain is, uh, is really conflicted in that the disruption of Helen and her profound handicap is something that he has has just reached his limits with, and they are actually discussing. And Jimmy brings out mm. uh, of uh, putting her into an asylum, mm. which is just extraordinarily difficult for the entire family because it is such a loving unit, but it's it's getting ripped apart because they're in way over their heads. Yeah, I think one of the reasons is James kind of feels left behind because um, Kate isn't his real mother. She's his stepmother, and they've now had two children together, and so... One is definitely... Yeah, and, and, and one, one is getting special all, needs. all of this. Yeah. So these two kids are getting all of the focus, and James kind of feels like 
they've started their own family and he's been kind of just left behind because his mother's gone and he's the only one from that era who seems to be put out of the circle. You asked like tactics that we've used to like, I don't know, display the relationship, but I honestly think William Gibson who wrote this novel or this play is like the writing is just so good. It's right on the page. I don't know. Mm. I, I especially feel that with one of the lines, we just rehearsed Bluff this the other day, where I'm like being sarcastic toward Jimmy, but like in a loving kind of way. And just how um, Gibson wrote that is completely displays the relationship dynamic between the two characters. As far as the dynamic within the family, that's very interesting that you guys have to say. What about reacting to characters outside the family, like Anne Sullivan? How do each of your characters respond to Anne, and how do you as actors prepare for that response? Annie is Kate's savior. Like, <laughs> she, honestly, I think Annie for Kate represents a lot of hope. And when she comes in, Kate just wants to do everything for her to make sure that Helen, whom she loves, is, I don't want to say normal, but like has the most, lives the most fulfilling life that she possibly can, which every mother wants for their children. And I think Annie is the hope for Kate to provide that. Well, James doesn't really care much for Helen. So James, <laughs> James's focus is not whether or not Annie is going to be able to help Helen or um, let her le lead a more normal life. So James isn't bogged down by that concern and that anticipation. So he, um, he's kind of more interested by Annie because she's a newcomer and um, he kind of just likes to tease her and mess around with her and be sarcastic, which is easy because I'm quite sarcastic myself. But um, he is a... Uh, <laughs> um, Thank you, John Sherwood. Yes. <laughs> he, um, but he basically just is uh, having fun with Annie because she's someone new and someone now that isn't right away tired of his crap, but she gets there pretty quickly. So he just kind of has fun. Yeah, I think the, the captain is utterly dismayed by it. <laughs> he's, he's got this delusion that he's in charge and she makes it quite clear from the start that he's not. And he's hoping that he gets uh, an employee and a servant and instead he gets somebody that is uh, going to stand up to him and, and speak her mind and it's not what he wants to hear. So, by the end of the play, what do you want audiences to take away or learn about your characters? Well, I think the captain shows throughout the, the play that he, he is a loving man. And that he finally, at the end, gets some hope that maybe this daughter that he was on the verge of sending to an asylum can actually be his child. and. He can have that relationship with her. He's, he's finally starts uh, calling Miss Sullivan Miss Annie, so that going from expecting this servant and finding this this shocking in his face powerful character to virtually a savior who does indeed, as the miracle worker is titled, enact a miracle. I think that. I would like audience audiences to take away kind of the knowledge that love isn't always good or easy. I think Kate really struggles with how she loves Helen and other characters in the play and how bad, I guess, 
that her love can be and it's not it's toxic I guess um some ways that she loves Helen and I think I would like audiences to take away um a better idea about love and how they can love other people in their lives and re-examine the relationships with who they love that love can be painful yeah Mm -hmm. it might be it's not. Well, it's it's just, not rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, there's. there's like, I think there's a huge romanticism behind being in love, like in the media. And Kate's character really shows, like, love is hard. And yeah, I just re- would really hope that audiences can kind of see that. Also, it it would comfort them because I think everyone has experienced love being hard, and maybe they won't. They'll feel less alone. I think James. To piggyback off of that, I think his main point is that um, it's also a group effort. Like, James wants the captain to come to him and be his father, but he doesn't want to put in any of the work to be his son. So I think that um, the main thing to get from James is that it's not just, you do this for me, it's, I'm going to do this for you too. It's a two-way street. I think that's basically the idea that... um, that should be taken away from James's character. Thank you all very much for joining us for this uh, episode of the GESC podcast. Thanks again to Alex, to Asher, and to Max, and we're looking forward to the production. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A fantastic group of actors sitting there and speaking to them. It was amazing to see how the three of them would work together, speak together, share ideas, and then build off of each other. I'm sure you felt it too. I am absolutely sold on the believability of the three of them as a family unit. And if you want to come out and see the Keller family in action, we invite you to join us at The Great Escape. We will be presenting The Miracle Worker from July 20th through the 30th. Remember, the 20th is a Thursday. We have so much good content to share that we have to start on Thursday. The weekend cannot wait. For more details about the show or The Great Escape, please visit our Facebook page. Give us a like and a share while you're there. And please visit greatescapestagecompany.com. I'd like to thank Max, Alex, and Asher one more time for their interview. Special thanks to Kyle Booth for composing our music. Join us next time as we explore more about The Miracle Worker. I am Antonio Barroso. Thank you so much for joining us.